You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, uh, good Monday morning. Uh, this is the Surveyor's Hour on America's Web Radio. Uh, my name is Jeff Lucas. I'm the host of the program. Uh, thank everyone for being here today. Um, also, uh, we'd like to hear your uh, questions and comments uh, about the show or topics that are on the show. So if you uh, have questions or comments, you can email me at jeff at americaswebradio.com. Also, if you want to find out more about me, you can visit my personal website, www.lucasandcompany.com. Uh, we have some, uh, we, I'll uh, tell you about my resource tab. There's a resource tab on my website that, where we have some free resources that uh, might be of interest to you. Um, some BLM manuals, digital copies of BLM manuals, and some other interesting uh, material there, which is all free. So I invite you to uh, visit our website, uh, click on the uh, resources tab, uh, see if there's anything interesting there that you might uh, want. You can download it. Uh, I just recently put on the uh, Federal Rules of Evidence, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, free download and uh, available uh, if you want them. Okay, uh, today's show is going to be a little bit different, uh, at least for me. Um, we are on location, uh, not in the office today. I'm uh, I'm out in the field. We're working on a on a rather large boundary survey. We're in, and we'll talk probably talk about that project just a little bit here. Uh, I have a guest who's going to be on the program today. Uh, he's my colleague, uh, helping me work uh, this project. Uh, he's a land surveyor uh, in the state of Alabama, and his name is Clayton Lynch. Uh, Clayton, how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, Jeff. I'm doing good. Uh, pleasure to be on the show. I'm happy to be on here with you. Well, great. I'm, I'm glad you are, and thanks for coming on the show. And uh, the show's uh, David's told us, uh, told me several occasions we can talk about anything we want to, but I guess for this project, well, well, for this show, what you and I discussed uh, to a certain extent, we probably don't want to mention any any company names, uh, the people we're working for, the landowners out here. But uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with us talking about the, uh, the project in general. But um, before we get there, uh, so, Clayton, tell me, uh, tell the audience uh, a little bit about you. Like, like number one, how did you get, in, how'd you get interested in surveying? Right. Okay. So uh, I graduated, graduated from Troy University, which has, has a surveying program, a geomatics program there. And uh, I actually went to Troy on a pole vault scholarship. I went down there to be uh, on the track team there. And like anybody, I you know didn't know what I wanted to do in life, and uh, so I signed up for business. I think I was taking accounting and business and stuff like that. And um, the first semester, I was sitting there, and my uh, roommate had come in, and he was looking at maps and plats and surveys and drawing drawing stuff on his computer, drawing CAD drawings, and. Uh, I was sitting there looking at an economics book thinking, man, that, that looks a whole lot better than what I'm doing. And so I think the next day I went in and changed my major to uh, geomatics. Um, Cha- so change your major because you saw some dude on a, uh, working on a CAD <laughs> on, on a computer, huh? <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, you know, he, he had a background in construction and, and uh, 
You know, I had a really big background of being outside, so when I started looking into it, it was just a no-brainer for for me. Being at Troy, it just worked out perfectly for me. Um, and then at Troy, I was working actually with Charlie Box and Box and Ray, who started the program down there, and uh, or was or was a, a big part in it. And uh, you know, that was my first first time out on a crew. Uh, about two years after I was into the GMAX program, I. Was Went out on the went out on the job and it just made sense. Everything came together that first day, and uh, that you know we were running boundaries kind of like we are out here uh, through swamps, through you know getting ants in your pants, uh, literally, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, snakes and trees and and all that stuff. And that's just you know what I'd grown up around. So uh, it was just a natural fit when I when I found it, I, I just fell right into place. Good. Uh, and for uh, our audience members who might not know, uh, Troy University is in base, uh, is in the state of Alabama, uh, southeast portion, uh, southeast near Dothan. If you wanted a reference point for uh, Troy University, how? Uh, when did that program uh, start? Do you remember, uh, Clayton? I think it start, started in about two thousand. It was about 2000, and I, was, uh, I entered the program in 2001. Um, so I was one of the, it might have been a 99 start, but it was, it was in the, you know, right at the turn of um, the century right there. Um, okay. And they've now been you, through, um, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. I was just going to say, you know, they, they've been through, Troy's grown greatly. It's uh, the campus, I don't even recognize it anymore. I know the GMAX program has a lot more equipment down there, so Really great facility, and uh, I think Steve Ramroop is one of the guys down there. He was my professor, and he really pushed me a lot to to do better. And uh, so it, it's still a great program down there. Good, yeah, it's a nice little town. It's basically a college town. Troy is uh, <laughs> a, a nice, a nice looking university. They've uh, it's it's a really nice place. Yeah, that's um, right. Uh, and I've encouraged, uh, I've encouraged a, a bunch of guys that's worked with me. Uh, we try to go down there and and uh, you know get them in and, and and introduce them to to the professors and try to get them into school. And uh, it's kind of like what you and I were talking about. There's only one way to to get into the survey field to be a licensed surveyor in Alabama. And uh, so we we try to push guys into it all the time. Try to get them familiar with it and know that it's out there um, here locally. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, before we get too far uh, in, I, I did. I, I wanted to ask a couple of other background questions. Uh, you. So, uh, do you have a family? Uh, what's What's going on with your family? I do. Um, I've got a. Uh, Emma's my wife, and uh, we have a child, Boyd. Uh, we just built a house together over the past couple of years. We were really hands on, and that was. Uh, Really, an, an incredible experience uh, with her. But yes, yeah, uh, I do have a wife and a kid, and they're great. She's super supportive. She, she's really the reason that I'm a private business owner. I, I, you know, I couldn't do it without the support of, of, of someone else like that. Yeah. Okay. So you own your you own your own business now, right? Yes, sir. Uh, started in 2013. Uh, we uh, this company Southern Cross. We started it in 2013 uh, uh, here in Alabama, and, and we, you know, we've we've been up and down with two or three crews at a time. We we use robotics and, and uh, GPS, and um, so we're just a small town surveyor, really. Yeah. Okay. What does your wife do? 
She's a photographer. Uh, she does uh, uh, weddings and uh, uh-huh. engagement sessions and, and, and private sessions with individuals. Uh, she's really family oriented, but she tries to, to focus around that kind of stuff. Um, you know, she, she really likes working with families, and she really loves the wedding days. I, I can tell she gets excited, and when it comes up and when it goes by, so, uh, mm-hmm. she loves it though. Well, we haven't, uh, on this program, haven't yet talked about this whole coronavirus thing. It's kind of hard to ignore now. I mean, so how is that affecting, uh, well, let, let me ask you about your wife, uh, uh, Emma. How is that affecting her photography business? Well, you know, at, at first we weren't afraid of it, but, uh, or not, we were afraid of the virus. We weren't afraid of how it was going to affect her, but, you know, everything started shutting down, and, and uh, venues are shutting down. She's, you know, weddings have been canceled, uh, even in engagement sessions where it's just, you know, her and two or three other people, they don't, uh, another family, they don't want to, you know, come in contact or do it either. So really, you know, for her, it's kind of slowed stuff down right now, um, big time. So, but it's all right. She, she, she'll, she keeps pushing through. She'll find more people. Good. Uh, so how's, how's this affected? How is the, uh, the whole, I guess it's a crisis. Uh, how has the whole crisis uh, affected uh, your small business? Well, you know, at first we took a week off. We, we weren't sure where it was headed. Um, we're in the woods a lot. We're not really engaged with the public uh, too terribly much, or at least if we are, we can avoid it or, or, or try try not to. We've really just had to talk with our uh, employees about um, being safe, being cautious, you know, talking with them, making sure that everybody's, Really, uh, keeping their distance as best we can. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've, I've heard of, of, uh, some friends of mine who, uh, have either not been laid off or, you know, they take different trucks. They, you know, if it's a two man crew now, now they take two trucks to the job. Um, but as far as us, you know, we're, we're powering through right now, but we're kind of going to see how it all shakes out. Um, every day you wake up with a new headline and we kind of don't really know what, what's around the corner. We just, know we have to keep working and keep food on the table for, for our family. Yeah, I, I think um, uh, we're, we're both surveyors. We're both out here uh, in this in the middle of, uh, what, uh, several thousand acres of timberland. Some of it is clear-cut. Yeah, we're on, right on the edge of a clear-cut area with, with timber off to the east here and uh, timber everywhere you can see. But um, I, I guess that's one advantage that we have. Um, I mean, I'd hate to be in the restaurant business right now, that's for sure. But uh, being able to work out, uh, you know, still do your work, you know, and uh, uh, out in the field and, you know, not have to worry too much about the coronavirus. But it's getting, uh, it's, um, I guess we're supposed to peak here in a couple of weeks, and hopefully we do, and hopefully everybody can get back to work. That's right. Um. Well, let's see. Um, we're gonna uh, maybe we'll talk about uh, this project a little bit after the break. But uh, I had a couple of questions about Troy. You know, it's been a while since you've been there. Just out of curiosity, I'm wondering uh, what was the uh, uh, where y'all uh, what did y'all study to learn property law at Troy? I know it's a geomatics program, but it's also where the surveyors have to come from, right? That's right. Uh, I think Judge Steensland was maybe teaching boundary law at the time, if that sounds correct. Uh, he was my teacher. But, you know, the boundary law is more the, the 
there wasn't a lot of focus on the boundary law. Um, right. There, you know, there, there was more procedure, equipment, uh, a lot of math, um, history. But I think a semester of boundary law, to be honest, maybe two. Uh, I'd have to look back at, at the curriculum where I took it. But uh, I've learned, obviously, more from seminars and, and real-world experience on how boundary, you know, uh, really applies and, and how to apply it. Uh, you don't just do It's not a math equation, and that's what it was in school, you know. Right. So, yeah, that seems to be my observation. I, you know, I, I haven't, I can't say that I've, uh, you know, studied the curriculum of the different geomatics programs across the country, but just a casual observation seems to be that we're teaching the, the, the surveyors. Uh, I guess if, uh, I mean, what, 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 what do you? What do, you, what do you call them? What do you call the students in a geomatics program? I've never been in a geomatics program. I've only I only know about them. What what, what are these geoma geometicians or something? Geomatics. <laughs> or, or do they call themselves surveyors? Yeah, uh, probably surveyors. Five hundred people. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're probably coming up on our break here in in a minute, but. Um, so uh, I, I want to come back to that subject uh, to a certain extent. Uh, we'll, I want to talk more about um, where the surveying profession as a whole is um, is heading. Um, you, you and I are probably uh, on uh, opposite ends of the uh, of the uh, career timeline. I'm, I'm you know, obviously coming to an end of my career sometime soon, and. You're, uh, you're you're just getting your started, so I'm interested in your uh, thoughts about where the survey profession is going. Maybe we'll talk oh. about that next, and uh, then we'll get on. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this survey we're doing out here, this uh, thousand acre uh, survey that we're doing uh, out in the middle of all this uh, beautiful land here. In and it's a beautiful Alabama. day, and a good day to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Quick stakes. Is your answer to staking lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes? Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have quick stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying quick stakes. Did you know that quick stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick stakes, your back friendly stake. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion? 
on America's Web Radio. Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Okay, folks, welcome back. Um, this is Jeff Lucas. This is the, uh, the host of the Surveyor's Hour. And I have uh, my colleague and friend, uh, Clayton Lynch, uh, who is with me today. And uh, we're just talking a little bit about surveying. And um, Clayton and I have been working on, um, and, and his people have been working on um, a 1,000-acre boundary survey uh, here in central Alabama. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that, what some of the stuff we've been doing out here, uh, some of the trials and tribulations we've encountered. But uh, I, I wanted to go back, Clayton, and uh, just uh, like I said before the break, you know, you're you're at the beginning of your career, and you know, I hate I hate to admit it, uh, but I'm I'm nearing the end of my career. Uh, you know, I used to be I, I, I used to feel that I was I was a whippersnapper. Now I'm just whipped, <laughs> you know, and, and snapped. Uh, but I, you know, so the future of surveying concerns me to a certain extent. And one of the things that concerns me is what we're teaching, um, what we're teaching these surveyors in these geomatics programs, maybe what we're not teaching these surveyors in a geomatics program. I mean, it, it, so let me, let me preface it this way. Um, with the advance in technology, what, okay, I'm going to back up even further. Uh, when I first uh, came into the surveying business, uh, surveyors, were recognized as expert measurers. That was our thing. That was our, uh, as they say, bailiwick. That was our wheelhouse. We were expert measurers, and there weren't too many people who could go out into uh, into the field or into uh, this forest land that we're in here, uh, over the hills, you know, through the valleys, and um, and get relatively um, precise. Um, field measurements, uh, boundary corners, topographic surveys, this kind of thing. But with um, with the advance in technology, I mean, uh, who, who can't, here's my question, who can't, if they have the money and they have the time and they have the ambition, who can't go out and buy a drone get themselves an FAA certificate, license, whatever it is, uh, get legal with that drone, put some sort of uh, payload on it, like uh, some cameras and some data uh, collection equipment. Who can't go out and collect data uh, with a drone and start um, turning out um, processed data to a, a willing uh, 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 and sell this this data to uh, a willing buyer. Let, let's just say, for instance, uh, what I've run into with some of my clients uh, is quantities. Okay, um, and uh, people coming in with drones and uh, offering to do these quantities uh, for these companies as well. I mean, what's to stop anybody now from becoming? So I'll boil it down. Uh, I've been beating around the bush. I'll pull it down. What's the, who can't be uh, an expert measure of these days? That's exactly right. We, uh, I think we got hired a few years ago to come do a, a quarry site. Uh, 
down in Calera, Alabama, and uh, we were actually hired to come back behind some, I, I don't know if they were engineers or who they were that was flying the quarry for them, but we were hired to come. We thought we were going to get the project for a year. We had we signed a contract, gone through everything, and it turns out that we were hired to check their information, uh, which is probably regular procedure, but it was just to check their to kind of calibrate their machine just to see if they were doing it right. So we went out and actually physically shopped the stockpiles, but some other company who doesn't have a licensed surveyor was the ones actually doing that work. And this still happens today. I mean, we, you know, uh, I get contacted a lot of times to go set ground control points for people who aren't surveyors. And they they ask me so many questions about all kinds of surveying techniques and everything. They're, you know, they're just grasping for knowledge too, but you're absolutely right about that with drones. And machine control is the other aspect. You know, you got you got uh, these mass grading sites that don't need stakeout anymore. You go out and set a few control points. They they bring in their machine control, and they don't call you back until. I mean, they they have non-licensed surveyors setting their storm drain structures and and all that information was exactly what you're saying. It's it's uh, we were expert measures, but are we still expert measures today? Is that mm-hmm. is that still the case? Well, let me. And let me, I don't want to, anybody listen to this, I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea here. I'm just. Absolutely. I'm, I just, so what is the value of a geomatics education then? It should be to go out and, and establish boundaries. Um, and, and, you know, that should be the but, I mean, a large but as, as, it, as it sits right now, as it sits right now, um, we, we know the technologies here. We know that anybody anybody who can pay the price or, or put the bill or get some and, and get some training can go out and buy a drone and start collecting uh, collecting data or get some other uh, uh, you know um, uh, or, or even or even a stationary lidar. I mean, uh, somebody could buy a, a stationary lidar and start scanning buildings and, and all this other good stuff. And get some training in that. They don't need a geomatics uh, degree. So I guess my question is kind of focused on. I understand what you're where, where you were going with that. Um, the value of the survey license is, is is surveying boundaries. That's one thing that nobody else basically can do. But so we've got these geomatics programs out there, and they're not teaching surveyors how to survey boundaries. They're teaching them how to use the equipment and make measurements. What, what's so? So what? What is the value of that um, education? If you're asking me right now, the education is to get the license. Mm-hmm. That would be the, the the value of the education at this point in, in the state of Alabama. You know, just to get the license to be able to practice land survey and whether it be boundary or construction stakeout or anything like that you know yeah um, yeah gis well, any the, of that stuff well the programs are obviously struggling uh across the country um i think troy at least as far as i know is is doing pretty good but you know i travel across the country and i see i, I hear about you know this this program shutting down and that program shutting down you know, Purdue University used to have uh, used to have what would probably be considered to be a the pre you know maybe one of the premier surveying programs in the country. They don't even have a surveying program anymore. 
so what's the what's the what's going to bring the young people in to get a geomatics um, education? I mean, you, you told us about your personal experience, but what do you what do you see the draw being? Well, I mean, the draw you know, I learned so much about measurements, and it was highly important to, for for the background of measurements that I had and how how sharp my pencil had to be with these measurements. Um, and I have a high respect for all that because of what I learned in school and how much of that history and, and, and how surveying had been has just evolved. And uh, and really that gives me a much higher, uh, I shouldn't say much higher respect, but a very high respect for what we do with these measurements. Um, so, you know, I, I think a great deal comes from that education. I don't think that, that you can learn everything in the field as a field uh, or, or on the job site, uh, whether it be in the office or in the field. I think some of that knowledge has to come from seminars or classroom or some of that information. Uh, you know, what I learned at Troy was really valuable for, for what I've done. Yeah, and I respect that. I can hear what you're saying. Uh, uh, you're, you're saying you, you went through the program and you understand the value of the program and 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 I respect that. I, I respect the program down there at Troy. I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way. Uh, I guess you know we're all concerned. Me at the tail end of my career, you at the beginning of your career. What's the what's the future for surveying? Um, and um, um, you know is and where are where are the students coming from to fill the geomatics programs? And uh, what's what's the draw to get them there? I think one of the, um, at least one of the one of the common, as I travel across the country, talk to surveyors uh, about this problem. Uh, one of the uh, one of the common themes you hear is, well, you know, these students they they go into they go to college, they maybe don't know what they want to do. Just like it, I mean, your story is typical. Okay, I'm going to go in and get a business degree, and then they get attracted to something. And um, so, but when it comes to, okay, I could be a surveyor if I take this geomatics program over here, but if I, if I took this engineering program over here, I could be an engineer, you know. It's so, uh, yeah. so funny you, know, you say that. I, I, I've got a guy that works, or, you know, a couple guys that work with me who, you know, they're great surveyors. They have, they've done a great amount of time, but one of them's, uh, He's in engineering school, and and I he you know makes a great surveyor. Um, there's no draw to it when it comes to that. I don't know if it's money or just the, the term engineer. You know uh, where the respect has been lost, kind of in, in the surveying profession. That sense. Okay, Jeff. Hmm. It's interesting. Okay, I think we're coming up on a break. Quick stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have quick stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying quick stakes. Did you know that quick stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick stakes, your back friendly stake. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. 
just thought I would uh, make this announcement that uh, Quick Stakes is open and they're ready to ship and surveyors are out. They're more than six feet apart. Uh, they may be two or three chains apart. Who knows? But nobody uses the chain anymore anyway. So anyway, Quick Stakes is open. Order your Quick Stakes today. You'll be glad you did. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, folks. Um, we This is the Surveyor's Hour. My name is Jeff Lucas. I'm your host. And uh, my uh, good friend Clayton Lynch is, uh, is a guest today. Uh, kind of uh, forced them into it. <laughs> we, we, we had to come out here and work on the survey today. And uh, I couldn't sit in the office and do the radio program uh, and and work on uh, and, and get this survey wrapped up. Uh, so um, we're out we're out here. We're taking a we're taking a little break. And uh, Clayton has been uh, good enough and kind enough to uh, join me on the on the on the uh, on the program here today. Uh, he's got uh, he's got his right hand man uh, with him. Uh, what's Taylor's last name? I don't even know. Uh, Taylor Morris. Taylor Morris. Taylor Morris is Morris is listening into the show as well. He's probably got six years of it. Um, how long have you been serving? Probably six, six and a half, something like that. Six years. Yeah. Yeah, I think he went on his first survey job, maybe he was seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's been surveying a, a good, a good little while. He's really good. good. Yeah, he is. He, uh, this isn't the first time uh, we've worked together. Uh, we had a nice little boundary survey, what, about six months ago, that uh, Forever Wild project for the state, uh, Tannehill? Uh, it probably ended up six months ago. I know it was the middle of summer when we were wrapping wrapping that thing up. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that, was, that was a pretty good project. That was only... Uh, about 365 acres or something like that. This one's, this one's a thousand acres. I wanted to make one last comment on this education thing. Just an example. Uh, I've got a real life example of what we were talking about right before the break. You, you, I don't think you know my, my son-in-law, uh, David, but I believe you've, you probably know or had some, um, crossover with my, with my daughter. You guys are about the same age. But, uh, you know, David was working with me. My son-in-law, future son-in-law, was working for me back in 2007. He was kind of like my tailor, you know. Uh, we'd go out and uh, there'd be two of us and we'd, we'd go do surveying work. And he got actually interested in surveying. Now, he had, uh, he went to Montevallo, also in Alabama. He went to Montevallo, University of Montevallo, and he got a history degree. You know, and I always used to tell him, David, that history degree and you know and five dollars will get you you know will, will get you a coffee at Starbucks and uh, so he got it interested he got interested in surveying and then um, 
as you mentioned earlier, um, in the state of Alabama, you have to have uh, a four-year degree in order to um, to sit for the exam and, and get licensed. So he started looking into, we started looking into what would he have to do in order to be able to sit for uh, the land surveyor's license, uh, li- you know, uh, test for the land surveyor's exam. And um, what we found out was he was going to have to go, in essence, go to, go back to college, go back to the university, go to Troy uh, for two years and get a second undergraduate degree. And then, uh, what's the uh, what, what's the apprenticeship time? You, you got to do you have after you have a degree? What do you have to get? Four years of experience or two? Um, it says four years with a regular degree, and uh, might be if he goes to the Troy program, I think it'd be four years. Sometimes it's six years of that. If it's proved, like if you have a supplementary, like a mathematics major or something like that, yeah. sometimes it can be. You can still sneak in the back door. So he's going to have to go get another, two more years of college, get another uh, undergraduate degree, and then anywhere between two and four years working for a surveyor before he could sit for the final exam. I mean, that's we're talking four to six years there. So you know what he ended up doing was he ended up going to law school. So we lost one right there. It was a choice between going to law school and becoming a lawyer, or uh, uh, or pursuing a uh, a land surveyor's license. That just to me that just doesn't you know that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah. go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just say there's cases like that. You know, I could, I could list a, a handful of folks that, that I've worked with that are like that. That. Uh, that love the profession, love what they're doing, but are at a dead end. You know, they, they're uh, one of them's gone, and, and they just search. He searched for high, the highest paying survey job he can find. He's a great land surveyor, and now he's in a mine, twelve uh, two thousand feet underground, doing mine surveying because that's just the most money that he can find. And, and I mean, everything, you know, I hate to say everything's money driven, but that's what the that's what the deal is with it. Is, uh, you know, they leave the profession because they can't advance. They, they don't see there's no advancement for them individually without going and yeah. spending six years of their lives. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about this a, a little bit. We talked about it um, before we got on the show here a little bit. So there's this, there's this, oh, I can't think of a better term to call it other than a, a dilemma. You've got to, and, and many states are, are like Alabama, you have to get this geomatics uh, degree in order to sit uh, for the land surveyor's examination in order to become a land surveyor. We don't have enough people uh, entering into the field, and we don't have uh, most of the geomatics programs across the country are um, are struggling to keep to have students, enough students to keep the programs going. So We've got this dilemma. You've got to get li- uh, you got to have this geomatics degree to get the license yet, or to sit for the exam yet. We can't get enough people to uh, fill the programs. I mean, what's what's the do you what's the solution? I think the solution is pretty obvious. Maybe this coronavirus will help us with it. Uh, online classes. Uh, right now, you you, you can't. Uh, I, I shouldn't say you can't, but I, I think it's difficult to take an online class and um, 
and be able to sit for the license. Uh, but at least that would give these individuals who have already started families, you know, they may be 25 to 35 to 40 who've already started families that can't pack up and leave home. Uh, that would give them the opportunity to, to, to work, to get, uh, get their license from home, you know. Uh, it's like you, you limit yourself to you limit yourself to this first group of kids coming out of high school, and a bunch of those kids don't know what they want to do. If someone may drop out and go get in the restaurant industry or go do something else, go to another school, and and, and once you move on past 25, your chances of getting licensed are probably very slim, and I, which is unfortunate. Well, that, that, that's a great observation uh, you made there about the online stuff. Uh, yeah, that's um, yeah. I, I was telling you before we even got on the program that I've I've often thought that if you're going to have a degree requirement, why does it just have to be the geomatics degree? Why can't um, uh, you know the lawyers do this? Okay, you, you can go into law school with any degree, um, and, and in some cases you don't even have to go to law school to sit for the. Um, sit for the bar examination. I think California is still that way. And that, that tells me a couple of things. Uh, one is we ought to allow anybody with anybody with a degree to be able to go sit for the survey, surveying examination. Having a degree just means, in my mind, means that this person has stuck it through, has done what was necessary to complete this thing, got a degree, maybe it's not geomatics, but you, you don't have to be a geodesist to be a good surveyor, and then sit for an exam, the exam would have to be a little more rigorous, obviously, because the bar exam's pretty rigorous. I mean, you, you want, you're not going to pass the bar exam unless you know a lot about the law. Uh, and so um, let anybody with any degree sit for a more rigorous exam and, and where, where uh, an exam that they couldn't pass unless they know a lot about surveying. And uh, and in that way, we would kind of open it up to, to like what you're talking about. Uh, so you, you go and, or my son, uh, son-in-law, as an example, he went and got a history degree. Uh, and then uh, later on, at you know, around the age of um, t- 23, 24, 25, somewhere in there, he decided he wanted to become a surveyor. So why not let him sit for the surveyor's exam? What would be wrong with that? Yeah, I don't, I don't see any issue with that at all. It's the, the test as it is right now, I don't think it's super easy. It's not a walk in the park. Um, so, you know, you have to have experience. You have to have a licensed surveyor sign and saying, hey, you have the experience. And you got to take a test. I mean, it, 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 I agree with you. That, that, uh, it's really putting a chokehold on, on people entering the profession. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, anything else on that before we move on? You got anything else you wanted to add about that? We could talk all day about that. I mean, that's that's a discussion that's been going on since since I graduated school. You know, when I graduated, I was like, great, this is great uh, job security. You know, and the more I've seen what it's, what it's doing to our profession, I uh, I might have changed my way of thinking a little bit there. Are, are you licensed in any other states? No, no, sir, I'm not. I've, I've got all I can other... handle. I've got all I can handle right here in Alabama. <laughs> okay, good. Well, that's another one of my pet peeves: is all of these states have set up these little monopolies with their boards 
I guess I'm getting all my pet peeves out, okay? I set up these <laughs> right. little monopolies with these boards whereby, you know, you have to um, you have to have an NCEES uh, record um, um, and be a member of the NCEES and um, sit for their state-specific examination. And there, there's various and sundry education requirements if you look all across the country. But um, I would like somebody to tell me what the significant difference is between surveying in Alabama, surveying in Mississippi, and surveying in Florida. There's not a hill of beans difference. I mean, we 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 should be able to what what we need. I think future surveying. We're wrapping that discussion up here in a few minutes. Um, what we need is uh, regional. In my mind, regional licenses. Um, you know, you could. I, I'm a licensed in uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida. There's not a hill. There's not a hill of beans difference between. If, if, when it comes to serve, when it comes to surveying boundaries, when it comes to sectionalized lands, um, and, and certainly not a hill, uh, not a uh, you know, a, 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 no difference, hardly at all between with the technology. You're going to be using the same technology wherever you're surveying. If you have drones, you're going to be using your drone. If you have GPS, you're going to be using your GPS. There's no difference there at all in the in the measurement and data collection task. The only difference would be in uh, in the in, in the treatment of property boundaries, and but we have these little monopol- monopolies, and we got a big monopoly, the NCWS, uh, who holds a, a, a strangle uh, has a stranglehold on these boards, and uh, and the um, uh, and and the throttle um, on. Uh, on the, the right to sit for an exam and, and, and get licensed in a state, but also traveling across the country. I mean, there's not a, uh, there, there's no, hardly any difference between uh, surveying in Illinois, surveying in Missouri, surveying in Indiana, surveying, um, uh, maybe there's a couple of other Midwestern states you could throw in there, Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, you know, regional license that allows surveyors to, um, you know, to cross jurisdictional lines. Have you ever thought about that? Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, you get into the situation where um, you've got, the, obviously, the colonial and rectangular systems going on, uh, and those could be the two regions you're talking about, or, or multiple reasons, regions. Uh, plat requirements, some states have different plat requirements, but, again, that'd be back on the survey. If you're going to do a boundary survey in that state, then you need to study up on on what you need to do in you know in that, in that situation. Uh, it's just like anything that you that you get into, whether you're doing an elevation certificate or a closing survey, or a subdivision plat for a different jurisdiction. You know, every jurisdiction has different subdivision regulations and different subdivision plats that you have to get familiar with. So it's almost like if I go to Mississippi and I get and I and there's a different plat regulation, well, I just need to make sure that I'm doing it properly. Uh, you know, and, and there's a great network of surveyors that'll that'll help you with that. Uh, and I lean on a bunch of my friends that are licensed professional surveyors. And when we get into situations like that, so uh, yeah, I don't see a problem with with what you're talking about at all, unless there's some law yeah. information. Do, do you know of any like boundary law that's different between specific states when you get into certain areas? Maybe how 
you know, the original surveyor broke something down. Might be different. Yeah. There, that, that's the thing about it, and I've talked about this a lot. Um, the boundary law is almost like vanilla ice cream, you know. It's become homogenized because of the big infusion of court decisions uh, having to do with boundary law. Uh, I mean, it's, it's become homogenized. It's vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice cream in, in Florida is the same as vanilla ice cream in Mississippi is the same as vanilla ice cream in Georgia. I mean... That's the, uh, uh, you know, Ted Madsen in his, one of his books. You, you know who Ted Madsen is? No, I do or, or am I dating myself? I don't know. You don't know, <laughs> you don't know who Ted Madsen is? Okay. I, might have, I might have a book or two of it. Okay. Here, I'm dating myself now, uh, Clayton. But, oh. oh, Uncle Ted, Uncle Ted. Uh, he talked about that in his book, Land Surveyors, uh, the liability of land surveyors, or land surveyors' liability. Jeff, we've got to take that last one. Homogenized. Okay. All right, I think we're on our break. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not... Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your... Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have Quick Stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying Quick Stakes. Did you know that Quick Stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your back-friendly stake. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, folks. Uh, I'm Jeff Lucas. I'm your host. This is uh, the Surveyor's Hour. Uh, please um, send your comments and questions to Jeff at AmericasWebRadio.com. I'd love to uh, read your comments. I'd love to uh, answer your questions on a, on a future show or attempt to answer your questions. Don't forget to uh, visit my personal website, www.lucasandcompany.com. Uh, go to our resources tab, and you can get some free downloads of some uh, useful information, interesting information that we have there. One of, Probably one of the only places where you will find a copy of General John Coffey's um, instructions to the deputy surveyors for the state of Alabama. So uh, it's their own line there. Uh, all right, so uh, I've got my guest, uh, Clayton Lynch. We were uh, on the program here today. We're actually working on uh, a 1,000-acre boundary survey here in uh, north-central Alabama. Uh, so what are we doing out here, Clayton? Mark, and the, uh, we're doing a, the boundary for, uh, like you said, I think a thousand acres, um, running, retracing, uh, 
really just identifying the boundaries that are out here. And this is on a, a, a one of those tracts of land that has been owned by a, a timber company or, or somebody along those lines who set a bunch of the, uh, you know concrete monuments along the way. Um, so we're finding a lot of that stuff out here. Um, some of it's some of it's been witnessed with it with crosses in the trees. Uh, but essentially, we're we're doing the boundary on it. We're about to wrap it up. Um, today, I'm hoping we set the last few corners on it, uh, and then we got to start marking. And you know, with the hell on that with marking and painting and driving t posts, it's uh, we got quite a task ahead of us. I'd say we're about yeah, <laughs> yeah. You brought up an interesting point. Um, we, we are working on um, on we're cutting a thousand acres out of what was what is probably uh, without exaggeration several thousands of acres owned by a company. We won't name the company, but owned by a company that. Um, uh, used to be in the paper business for years, and uh, so this land out here we're dealing with is uh, probably uh, they, they've probably been growing timber out here, clear cutting, growing timber out here, clear cutting, you know, over and over again for I don't know, maybe a hundred years. Um, and, and it brings up a point uh, that I wanted to make, and that is, uh, you know, oftentimes in, in my seminars talking about boundary retracement uh you know i'll tell surveyors you know you got to be on the planet mars for there not to be any evidence whatsoever of the corner location well i, I think i i think i found some, i think in a lot in some regards we're on planet mars here i mean uh i mean well you know we've talked about it we're standing there in a in a in a pine stand that's probably 15 years old and we're looking around at the at uh, um, several possible locations for the section corners, and there's just nothing. Right, and and the other part of this is we've got a few things working with us right here. Uh, we're at a county line that is hinging on uh, the Freeman line, one of our base, base lines here in the state, and uh, just a bunch of stuff coming together right here. Where there's some discrepancies and errors and discrepancies and stuff, and uh, you just got to find what's out here, and, and it is like Mars. Some of these areas are, uh, I think I said the other day, we were in the Congo. That was, uh, that was uh, it's also some incredible terrain around here, too. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, uh, and, and to, to clarify, uh, you know, these sec- these are some interior, I'm talking about these interior section corners where uh, the, the timber company owns all four sections around that section corner. And they've been clear cutting and growing and clear cutting and growing and you know, well, we're looking at a clear cut patch right over here off my left shoulder, which is to the west. Uh, and when they when they clear cut, I mean they 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 scrape it up. And uh, if there was a monument out there, um, it's it's long gone or it's under ten feet of dirt or. It got hauled off with the trees. I mean, who knows? Who knows what happened with it? And certainly, there aren't any. We could go out here where there's where there's pine trees that are, you know, uh, in, in roughly in a pattern and 10, 15 feet apart, 
uh, you know, how many tap roots are you going to find if you start, you know, punching around for tap roots? You're going to going to be tap roots everywhere. So it's almost it's almost well, I, I would definitely call these corners that we're these section corners that we are uh, resetting as lost. I mean, there's nothing. I even I even asked the guy for the timber company. I said, "Hey, do you do you know uh, anybody, any of your foresters, anybody who might be able to come out here and tell us where the section corners used to be before they were, you know, before they were dug out of the ground?" And uh, he, so that's the guy I refer to as old timer, and, and he told me uh, uh, that there aren't any, even any old timers out here. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, the, there's no occupation. There's no. There's no fence lines. There's no. We. we how many? How much? We're on a thousand acres. We've gone around uh, section the, the, to the section corners around this thousand acres. So we probably have easily gone encompass three or four thousand acres of land. How many barbed wire fences have you seen? Uh, have you seen any, Tyler? I don't remember. I don't. Know. I don't remember seeing any. Even on the the little part of land where there are some uh, individual landowners, there was no occupation over there. Yeah. Very little or none that I can remember. Do you remember seeing any barbed wire fences? We've been looking for barbed wire fences, just trying to find where stuff's pointing or anything. And no, there's there's nothing. Uh, no occupation here. Yeah. It's and, and there's really no old growth. There's there's no. Everything's just been wiped out, like you said several times. I mean, the, all these pine trees we can see from this spot are at most twenty years old, maybe. Right. Um, Three-year-olds to our to, out the other way to our west. So. Yeah. Well, um, um, this obviously isn't your first rodeo, but do you uh, <clears throat> do you have any? Um, you know, well, well, let me put it this way: What's the most interesting? survey you've ever worked on probably hard to narrow it down to the most interesting you know we run across so much stuff uh interesting challenging you know um a lot of the ones i've worked on with you are interesting because they uh they're really in-depth and detailed about what we're doing with what the end product is and a lot of times we just do the boundary issue the plant and over but you know the ones we work on with you uh these past few times have really been marking the boundary, solidifying where it is. It's something that's going to stay for a long time, forever. Um, recently, one of the interesting surveys I did, uh, I was doing some uh, topographic and, and location uh, surveys for a water board down around where, where our office is. And it was in and out of buildings. We were traversing through the buildings, locating the wells, locating the pumps, uh, you know, just typical location stuff. It's fun to get in and see how the community really operates. Sometimes we get in places that the public doesn't get to see, and uh, a lot of times that's just really interesting uh, to get in and see that stuff. Um, so anything like that. Uh, this last one, Taylor and I were on together. We we did about 500 acres over in Talladega County, and. Uh, <laughs> The only way to get to the east side of the property was to cross a log that was about nine inches big. And Taylor's about ten years younger than me. He scoots right across it. I give him all the expensive equipment because I know I'm coming up behind him and I get shaky legs. And uh, so 
So, you know, that, that, you know stuff like that's fun um, and interesting and, and, and stuff that'll stick with you for a long time. Um, but, you know, it's just part of the adventure that I love about surveying is, is where all it puts you. It may put you in the side of a building at a, you know, place you've driven by a hundred times and you always wonder what it was or it'll put you out in the middle of nowhere that, you, that nobody's going to see for another 50 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why uh, that's why you said the other day that Taylor's an expert on uh, walking. That's right. Walking on logs across <laughs> creeks. That's right. Send him first if it breaks or cracks or the box ripped off. You know, yeah, he's he knows, expendable. That's right. He knows to keep the metal locator above his head. The expensive stuff doesn't get wet. He does. He yeah. does. But it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking talking about that and. Uh, and, and finding corners, I, I, you know, I think the most interesting survey I ever worked on was um, was down in Florida, and uh, we were doing um, the boundary for uh, Pasco County, the new Pasco County Government Center, and this was back in it was back in the '80s, and we were out in the middle of nowhere, and. Um, I knew I wasn't going to, even as a, as a young surveyor, I knew there was something wrong with uh, double proportionate measurement that we would, we would not be in the same, you know, in the location of the original corner. So we, uh, we, we actually looked at some aerial photography and uh, the oldest we could get, and we looked at the field notes, and there were a bunch of cypress, um, uh, little cypress ponds, you know, where the, the ground is so flat but they just get these little cypress ponds and cypress trees grow up in them and looked at the government notes and they gave calls going into the cypress pond and out of the cypress huh. pond, into right. the cypress pond, out of the cypress pond. And we plotted those on the, on, the, uh, aerial photog- uh, on the aerial photography and they were matching up with what those guys had done. And we, um, we found tap roots uh, of the original corners. We found accessories and, and that was the only time out in the field surveying that I ever found an original uh, an original post. It was in the swamp, and um, it was uh, that's the only reason we found it because it was in it was in the swamp. Uh, it didn't deserve it. it, it, it I only, yeah, I only found the the bottom like twenty four inches tapered down. The top was gone. But uh, I went to a retracement uh, seminar back in two thousand and two, and Lane Bowman was there. It was uh, the one down in uh, at Chihaw, uh here in Alabama, and he had he had a he had an identical uh, two foot piece like I had, but he had the top portion of it as well um, uh, of an original um, GLO corner uh, corner post. You know, pine knot uh, is what we call them here. Y'all were comparing corners that y'all had pulled up. Uh, yeah, well, mine was <laughs> mine. Mine got lost in our move to Birmingham. I can't believe it. You know, you make an interesting point about uh, the old maps and how really old measurement is there entering the Cypress Pond or, or whatever. They can be dead on crossing creeks. And some of the old TCI plats have run across. They're the same way. You know, it's really interesting to, and sometimes it's all you got. Put, that, put, yeah. put it back like that. I think we're probably coming up the end of the show here. Um, all right, uh, folks, thanks a lot for listening today. Again, my, my guest is uh, Clayton Lynch. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.